Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and in today's episode, we're talking with Laura Posey. Laura brings so much passion to her work as the chief instigator of Simple Success Plans. She's an absolute firecracker who likes to create and get things done. And she is an internationally recognized speaker. She's a consultant and she brings over 20 years of strategic planning and marketing and sales expertise to her clients. Over the years, she's received all kinds of awards and recognition for her sales and management contributions to Fortune 500 companies, and she's just had an extensive sales career that really covers the gamut from pizza to insurance to cars, and uh, and she broke into to sales in high school selling cutlery door-to-door. And so I'm super excited to uh, have Laura here and share with you today. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, great to have you. So... Uh, just to give everyone a little bit of background on how you got to this point, what, uh, how'd you start in business and, and, uh, and how'd you kind of meander your way here? Well, you know, like most entrepreneurs, I've done a lot of different things. Um, I've worked in restaurants front and back of the house. Um, I was actually managing a little Caesars when somebody came in and said, you missed your calling. You should be selling something big like cars or jewelry. And so I got, uh, I actually got recruited into selling cars and did that for a while. And then um, I sold a car to a guy that recruited me into the insurance business. And I uh, owned an insurance agency for a number of years. And then I got recruited into sales management and uh, realized at that point, after a couple of years of sales management, that I was really not cut out for the corporate world. Um, I asked a lot of questions. I challenge a lot of assumptions, um, and that doesn't fit in really well in a Fortune 100 company a lot of times, especially in an old industry like insurance. And um, and they did the 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 most unforgivable thing you could do to somebody with a sales background. Um, they capped my income, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I said, "All right, I got to go." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I just like I mean, I made him an offer. I said, "So I'll." I'll earn what you're paying me in September and then I'll just not work for the last couple of months of the year. And then when you start paying me again, I'll come back and work. And they didn't think that was a good idea. So uh, that wasn't uh, aligned with their vision. No, they just wanted me to just keep on selling, even though I wasn't getting paid over a certain threshold. So yeah, that didn't, didn't go too well. So uh, I uh, left the following year and started a sales training company with a business partner and um, ran that for a few years and um, realized that I wasn't, you know, we were doing okay, but I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Um, I was working with a lot of sales teams and again, kind of getting back into the corporate thing. And what I really enjoyed doing was working with entrepreneurs. So I, I'll tell you the story later if you're interested. I, I ran away from home. And came back and bought out the business partner and um, ultimately changed the name and the direction of the company. And here we are today. I'm the chief instigator at Simple Success Plans and absolutely loving life. Well, um, you know, it's funny. Um, I've talked to so many people that have gone through that process inside the corporate world. And I... I, I missed that bit of experience in, in my path. I, I went to work for a really small company 
and worked directly with the founder uh, for a long time. So my whole experience is in a very agile entrepreneurial type organization. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't take well to uh, instruction or authority. So I can understand <laughs> you needing to escape that. Um, but uh, it, it sounds like you've, you've really navigated that quite well. So through all of those twists and turns, what is it that you draw on when, you know, when, when things don't quite go the way that you expected to, to keep pushing and, and, and keep moving things forward? You know, it's, it, this is going to sound totally self-promotional and I don't mean it to, but it, it, it's the absolute truth. I go back to my strategic plan and I go back to the values that I set for myself and my company. I go back to the vision of what it is that I'm trying to build I go back to our theme that we set for the year to find some motivation. Um, and I just get really refocused on what is it that we want to build here? What are we really trying to accomplish? And, you know, one of the things that, that gets me every time is I go back and I look at the, the plan. Because, you know, it's like, you know, we've got a revenue goal and all kinds of stuff. And, and that's exciting some days. But honestly, the, the piece of it that just gets me every time I read it is it says we get emails every day from clients telling us how we've changed their world. And like that's, that's my vision for the companies. And my inbox is just full of people going, holy cow, you're not going to believe what happened. I did this. I used your advice. And this amazing thing happened. And that's the thing that gets me unstuck. It's like, oh, this is why I'm here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I got to go back and, and you know, I got to get motivated. I got to get my head out of my butt and just keep moving forward. So, I mean, again, like, you know, I do strategic planning for a living. So it, it sounds sort of weird to say, oh, I just go back and do my job. But that's really the thing that, that drives me, that gets me over the humps. Yeah, I, you know, it's so important, I think, to, to stay connected to the reason why you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. I mean, it's so easy, especially for um, those of us who spend a lot of time marketing, like I know you do, to get sucked into, you know, whatever it feels like you're supposed to be doing, like with whatever tactic that is going on in the business today. Like I got to go yeah. execute this. Okay. I get that. But, um, right. but, but stepping back sometimes and understanding this is the bigger purpose. This is the why right. for it all. Um, it it yeah. gives you such tremendous perspective. It does. It, you know, it's because I think sometimes, it, you know, I, like every entrepreneur, I get to those days where I think, Oh my God, I'm just going to go get a job. Like I've just, I've had enough. I'm so frustrated <laughs> with whatever. I'm just going to go work for it. Just, you know, I talk to, you know, you have friends that have corporate jobs or whatever. And they're like, yeah, you know, I just go and do my thing and I come home and I never think about it. And they're, you know, and I have health insurance and you know, little things like that. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I think sometimes they think, God, that sounds really good. And then I, you know, then I think about it and I go, oh, I'd be bored in 20 minutes. Like I'd be just, I'd be back to that place right. of, I'd be, you know, going around asking all kinds of questions and stirring up trouble and I'd be a thorn in somebody's side and, you know, so it's like, all right, that's not a viable option. Let me just go back and do what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, it's, you know, it's really tempting. You're not the first person I've had that conversation with who said, you know, there are those days when I just wish I had a normal job. And it's tempting to want to hand over sort of responsibility, you know, yeah. to someone else. And okay, I'll get a paycheck every two weeks, and all I got to do is show up. And somebody else is worrying about the the whole 
you know, thing when I'm not there, you know, cause that's what they have a CEO right. for. Right. And, uh, and I could just have that role, but you know, I think for those of us who have taken this path, um, it's hard for regular people to understand, like, you know, that that's like kryptonite after a while. It's yeah, tempting. It is. You yeah. know, but man, I, I just, you, I, for most of us, we're really here because we want the freedom that you can only get by taking full responsibility for your economic yeah. well-being. Yeah. I know, I, I know with absolute certainty, if I decided I was going to go work for somebody else, like I just, I've had enough of this crap. I'm just going to go get, get a fat paycheck and some benefits and whatever that, you know, it, next week I'd have a side hustle going and I'd be thinking about how to turn that into a seven figure business. And it, it, I just started all over again. Yeah. I, I mean, That's I know that you might as well just start from yeah. where you are, you know, right. I, you know, this is how I'm wired and you know, I'm, I'm, I know what I signed up for and I'm willing to take the risk and I'm willing to deal with the frustration and you know, all the stuff that comes with, you know, entrepreneurs, no matter how well your business is running, you still wake up at the three o'clock in the morning sometimes and think, what if this breaks? You know, I've got everything just right. What could go wrong? You know, and it's just, it's just part of the life. So, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. You've successfully sold everything from pizzas to cars, to insurance, to now. I sold Cutco knives. Let's not forget Cutco. Oh yeah. You know what? Um, I'm, I'm shocked at the number of people that I have interviewed on this podcast who have sold Cutco knives. Um, it's a great training ground. Yeah, that's that's well. You know what? I feel like I got sort of, I had some of it rub off on me. I had a roommate in college that sold Cutco knives. I have ah, been through that presentation more times than, <laughs> than than probably most Cutco knife salespeople. So um, yeah, I, um, it's but it's funny how many people have gone through it, um, and how yeah. many very successful salespeople have gone through it. And um, how how did it change in? going from, you know, you're selling somebody else's stuff to now I got to sell myself because in consulting and what you're doing now, you're really selling yourself. You're the product. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's a great question because I think it's one of the hardest things for a lot of entrepreneurs to do. You know I mean? We're raised in our culture to not brag, to not, we're not supposed to talk about ourselves, particularly in a good light. You know, we're, most people's humor is very self-deprecating and, and, and it's just sort of how we were raised. At least I was anyway. And, you know, bragging was like the worst thing you could do. And so you're selling yourself feels a lot like bragging, you know, and, and it took me a while to get to a place where I just went, you know what I, I have, if I can help somebody, if I can change their business, I have an obligation to tell them that I can do this and to say, look, I have this skill set and I'm really good at what I do. And yeah, you have to give me money for me to do that. And it's a good, fair deal for both of us. I get something I want, which is money. They get something they want, which is an improved business, which is ultimately money. I mean, we're just trading dollars here, right? They're giving me a dollar with the expectation that I'm going to turn it into 10 and give it back to them. And you know, when I started, started thinking about it that way and stopped thinking about it as self-promotion, but really just going, I have an obligation to tell these people that there's help out there and that I'm the one that can provide it. That really changed things for me. Um, and I got more comfortable, you know, there's still that little grandma's voice in my head. They don't brag. 
Um, yeah. And it's funny, I just I just wrote a blog post by my grandma. Um, the, the whole not bragging thing is so big in, in my family culture. My granddad was a successful businessman. And one of the things he did was he bought my grandmother a Cadillac. And she would only drive it at night because she didn't want anybody to see her driving it because she didn't want them to think that she'd gotten uppity because they had money now. So she's like, she would never wear the jewelry that he bought her. She like hid everything. It was hilarious. Now, I know you're in, I think, Virginia right now. Yeah. yeah. Speaking. Are you yeah. from the South? You grew up in the South? or uh, that... I'm from Maryland. Okay. From Maryland. So close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Maryland's but... a neutral state. but Right. But very well, much a cultural thing. Might as well be the South. Yeah. 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 Um, and it, it's, it's funny how that kind of stuff really affects us and it gets, it gets baked in. Um, I know in the work that we do with clients and, yeah. and trying to help them with their marketing, uh, that's what, with professionals particularly, that's one of the biggest things for them to overcome is just to, to have the confidence that they can go out and share this expertise that they maybe have spent, you know, eight years developing and, and be able yeah. to, to talk about it. And, um, it's not an insignificant problem. Like we all run around and we put our fancy suits on and we go to business meetings and we, you know, we try and act like we're all that. But, um, at the end of the day, we all have got these things that in the back of our head, somebody's telling us something that we heard some long time ago that we've got to mm -hmm. overcome and push through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, I think, you know, again, if you can find a way to make it okay, you know, if you can find a way to say, look, this doing this is actually benefiting people. It's not me tooting my own horn. It's not me just trying to go make money. It's not just me trying to sell stuff. It's me going, I have something valuable to contribute. And it's, right that I get paid for that because quite honestly I could go out and do the exact same work that I'm doing and if nobody paid for it nobody would use it mm -hmm. because we never use free advice ever yeah yeah no I mean I, I think that part of the value you deliver is actually charging the fee right you know yeah I mean because then people take it seriously like the, now yeah. we've got we actually we're, we're actually doing something here instead of if it's free it's okay well that, this is nice yeah let's let's you know Let's learn something here, but there's no, there's usually no accountability that comes along with it. But when you put money on the line, suddenly we have to account for it. It's why most people read books. You know, they, they read all these books, they get all these great ideas and they never execute on any of them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of the questions I ask people. I'm like, so you read this book and they're like, oh, it's a great book. Well, what did you execute? What did you implement? What's changed in your world because you read this book? And most of the time it's like, oh, well, I think about things differently or, all right, whatever. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I was, a buddy of mine was asking me um, last week, what conferences am I going to next year and what's my rationale for them? And I said, you know, actually, mm -hmm. for the last three years, I've really pulled back from doing a lot of that um, mm -hmm. because I found that I would go and I would get all these ideas and then I wouldn't really do anything with any of them because in a lot of cases, they either really weren't a great fit for us or it was for a business that was at a different stage. And, yeah. you know, and you go to the conference though, and you're made to feel like, Oh, you got to get all this stuff and do all this stuff. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think it's, you know, one of the things that we've been doing lately is trying to very closely match. Here's the information we're taking in with here is when we're going to take the action with the information. I don't want the information yeah. until I'm at a stage where I can take the action with it. Yeah. And yeah, it's funny. I, I just oh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I just came back from. I, 
went to like three conferences in a row and they're, they're ones I booked last year. And by the time I got to this year, I was like, I don't even really want to go to these things, but I'm going to go. And, and the, the last conference I went to, I, I actually took a index card and I said, all right, everything that I walk away from has to fit on this index card. And on the back of the, it has to fit on one side. And on the back, I wrote these questions like, is is this thing that I think I want to do, does it have a measurable ROI in the next 30 days? If not, it can't go on the card. And, you know, like, why do I really think I want to do this? Is it just because it's new and shiny and I've never heard of it? Um, and it sounds like it's fast money, but it's not, or, you know. And I, so I had written these little, like, qualifying questions on the back of the card. And so I'm taking notes like I always do, but I actually took the card. I wrote down like four things on the card, on the front of the card, took all the notes and I threw them away. And so I came home from the conference with this little card. It was like, okay, I've got 30 days to implement what's on this card or I'm throwing the card away too. And it was just like a revolutionary way for me because I, I, it got rid of all the guilt. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the, and so every conference I go to moving forward, I'm like, okay, this is how I'm going to go in. This is my lens. It's got to go on this card and I'm not even going to take the notes. I'm just going to write the stuff on the card as it comes up. And it's like, oh, if the card's full, no more. Even if I'm, you know, halfway through the first day, like, okay, that's it. Done. The great news is you can travel home a lot lighter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, it's it's interesting with the conferences because one of the things I started doing at the conferences is I've been going for the relationships. And so instead of a conference organizers probably hate hearing this, but instead of going for the content, mm-hmm. I'm going for the people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm looking to see who's who are the people that I know that are going to go. Who can I meet up with and build a be- better relationship with? And like the last, I went to a conference last, I guess it was February or March, big, huge industry, you know, 4,000 people. I didn't go to a single session. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, some friends of mine had rented a house and they were live streaming the conference <laughs> <laughs> at the house. But there were about 10 or 15 of us that we sort of came and went most of the, the couple of days, a beautiful house on the coast. And, um, and we just hung out and talked and figured out how to work together and, and, had our own sort of mini conference. It was great. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's funny that came up in, in this conversation last week um, around this topic. And, and that to me is the key um, because the information that you're going to learn at the conference, I, what I've found after going to a lot of them is that there really aren't any secrets. Let me tell you, we'll, yeah. we're going to share the secret with everybody right now. There aren't any yeah. secrets. Um, and, and so the real value to me is who can I meet? And mm-hmm. how can we figure out a way to help each other that's meaningful, mm-hmm. not just, hey, you know, let's right. let's make a mutually beneficial relationship, but what can we do that's meaningful? And 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 there's tons of value in that. Totally worth paying for yeah. a conference and not going to any of the sessions. Exactly. Right? Probably bigger yeah. ROI, right? And fewer notes. So um, that I think that's fantastic advice. We're going to be right back with more from uh, Laura Posey, and uh, and I, I can't wait to dive in to her method for strategic planning. You're going to love it. Stay tuned. <laughs> 
Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Hey, welcome back. This is Steve Gordon. I'm here with Laura Posey. Laura, um, thank you for sharing everything that you did in the first uh, first half of the interview. And uh, for folks who are just tuning in, you definitely want to go back and listen to it. If you if you missed that, her advice on how to approach a conference will probably save you many thousands of dollars over the next year. Um, but I know that that your real expertise is in helping entrepreneurial businesses uh, really get their act together when it comes to planning and doing that in a very efficient way. Um, I'd love for you to share some of that with us and, and tell us, you know, what, what you're most excited about right now in business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so here's my thing with planning and, there, and the reason I think planning is so powerful. It's because planning, it just helps you make really good, clear decisions that are in alignment with what it is that you ultimately want to build. You know, it's, it's, we understand what your vision is for your company and, and not just, you know, we want to make a bunch of money, help a bunch of people, but getting really specific. How big a company do I want? What kind of company do I want? Do I want employees? Do I want virtual folks? Um, you know, I, I made a decision a long time ago. I, I had employees. I've had a lot of payroll. I don't want payroll anymore. I have contractors. And I want my contractors to be very entrepreneurial. I want to be their favorite client. But I want them to have other clients because they're going to learn and grow beyond me. Mm-hmm. And, and so you know, that's part of my vision for my company. And so I think when you really get clear about what it is you want, what do you really want to build? Do you, I mean, people say, I want a seven-figure business. I'm like, so is that one million or nine million? Because there's a big difference between a $1 million business and a $9 million business. So don't tell me you want seven figures. And if somebody says, well, I want a million dollar business, why? Like, what's that going to do for you? Um, I know a lot of failing million dollar businesses. Uh, We had a client one time who was $50 million and failing miserably. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's getting really clear about, oh, well, actually what I want is this much profit. Okay, well, let's start with that. You know, what kind of customers do you want to work with? Who do you want to serve? How do you want to serve them? What do you want to be known for? You know, what are the things that really that you really care about that are deeply personal and emotional? And, and once you understand that and have that, then it's pretty easy to, to create a plan and a series of, of actions and milestones to get you to that place. And it becomes this great decision-making tool because you keep asking yourself, is is this thing that I'm getting ready to do or this thing I'm getting ready to spend money on moving me significantly towards that vision? And if it is, okay, well, I'll think about doing it. But if it's not, then it's one less thing to have to think about. And it, it just it helps clarify all the things that that you want to accomplish in life. And then and we take that vision and we just, you know, we vision's typically really far out. We start breaking it down into some nearer term milestones, you know, some three-year targets, some one-year goals. And then we ask really specific questions around those one-year goals and, and say, you know, if you're 
going to hit those goals, something in your business has to change. And it's not that, you know, if your goal is to double your business in a year, you're not going to get there by working twice as hard. And you're not going to get there by just hiring twice as many people. Something's got to change significantly in the systems inside your business. And, you know, the, the, the big systems in your business are your, your strategy, your financial management, your lead generation, um, your, or your revenue generation, your profit maximization, and your people. And so looking at those systems and, and those bunch of subsystems within there, but figuring out what has to change, what system do I have to add or improve to make me hit those goals this year? And then you can, once you figure out what systems you need to work on, then you can sit down and go, oh, okay, you know what? I really need to work on my revenue generation. If I'm going to hit that revenue goal, I need to make more money. Well, what are the projects within that that I'm going to have to do? Do I need to refine my, my sales funnel? Do I need to get better conversion between this stage and that stage? Do I need better, more targeted lead gen, right? What, you know, what is it specifically that I have? have to change. And then we can get down into, you know, we can say, oh, we got a project to work on. Because once we have a project, then we, you know, we can take a project, break it into tasks and get it done. But it's, it's understanding that change that has to happen systemically in the business. And once we've got that, then it's really easy to kind of figure out, okay, well, here's what I have to do. Here's what has to change in my company this year for me to get different results. Mm-hmm. And you know, we can organize all of that on one sheet of paper, make it really simple. And, and, you know, I said earlier that that for me and for my clients becomes the true north, right? That's that thing that you go to every single day to go, what am I supposed to do today so that I can hit those goals? Ah, this thing, right? And it's just, it just becomes a series of tasks. I, I think the, the most important thing you said there, which I've not heard it said that way before is that having that plan really is it gives you this decision making framework yeah um and i haven't heard it put that way before and and i think that's uh, there, there's some elegance to that you know I, I've, I've seen a lot of companies do their planning they lay this thing out and it's you know it's a brilliant plan it's got you know all these grand goals and all that and then they get into you know February, and they start adding stuff because yeah. there's something else new that's interesting, right? Yeah, and, exactly. And like there's this scope creep to the strategic plan, um, yeah. and they get around to the end of the year and they go, well, I guess we'll just use the same plan again because we didn't get any of that done. Yeah. You know, but really, what you're saying is lay the plan out, and then that that's your that's kind of your enforcer. It's a way to say no. It's a way to discern. Yeah. Should I do this or not today? Yeah. Well, because I, I mean, think about it. Running a business is just about making decisions. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, I, I saw an article the other day that said the average person makes 35,000 decisions a day. And I, I know for entrepreneurs. No wonder we're all tired. It is. <laughs> I know, right? And, and entrepreneurs make more decisions than that, right? Because we don't have anybody telling us what to do. We, we have to decide minute by minute. Where am I going to spend my time and money for optimal results? And it can be really confusing to make those decisions on the fly and just keep winging it. You end up, you know, getting pulled in a million different directions. And we do get 
pulled into the bright, shiny object. I mean, as, as entrepreneurs, we're wired to be opportunity seekers, right? That's, mm-hmm. that, that's how we approach the world. And it's great for starting a business, right? Opportunity seekers tend to be very risk tolerant. We get excited about new, shiny stuff. Perfect for starting a business, crappy for running a business. <laughs> and so, but, but the nice thing is we can train our brains, to get all excited to create this plan, to put it on a piece of paper, and then to stick to it. And then the decision each day is not, do I do this or do I do that? The decision is just, how do I get myself to execute on this plan? How do I take a look at those tasks and go, okay, yeah, I'm going to go do this one right now. Even if it's not the most interesting thing I could possibly think of doing. You know, today I was sitting down, I was writing a content plan for Q1. One of my least favorite tasks on mm. the planet but it's super important <laughs> and I'm the only one that can do it. So I got to sit down and do it. I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, Brian Tracy's eat the frog first thing in the morning. So yeah. it's like, all right, just going to get this thing done and then it's out of the way. And then I can go do the fun stuff. Right. And it, you know, it's what we tell our entrepreneurs. You can say yes to everything, but a better thing to do is to say not now. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't do that really cool thing. At some point, but not now, not until I get the plan done. When I get the plan done, I can have all the fun I want. I can try all the new shiny fun stuff, but not until the plan gets done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think having that discipline is really what takes an early stage business into a grown up business, into one that actually becomes sustainable. Um, yeah. And I've been through that transition twice now. Um, and uh, of course, the first time we didn't know what we were doing. Um, I never forget the very first, this, you know, I was in a business, um, you know, that was existing and, and took over a CEO and, and we did the first strategic planning that had ever been done in the history of that business, you know, and the business was like 20 years old. I mean, I'm sure the founder had done some stuff, you know, he, you know, went out and had a cup of coffee somewhere, right. He thought about stuff, but nothing had ever been written down before. But as we got to the point where there, you know, it was more than, you know, just the founder and, and staff and we had managers who were executing things, it became really important to have that, that all kind of pulled together and, you know, put together in a thoughtful way. I wish we had it on one page. Instead, we had a, we didn't have a thick binder, but at least we had a little thin binder, but yeah. you know, even that, um, was difficult to work with and, and we didn't get the most, um, you know, the most bang for, for our buck there. How do you get all this boiled down into one page? Like here's our whole year and it's right here on a single sheet of paper. Yeah. So a lot of it is learning how to say no. Um, But a big piece of it is just applying 80-20 to absolutely everything. I mean, I believe so much in 80-20. It's actually one of our core values. We 80-20 everything. So it's really looking at all these things we could be doing and saying, we could do all of these things, but where's the biggest leverage? Where are we really, if we get this thing done, where are we really going to be able to move the needle? And let's just take all that other stuff and put it over here. We can go play with that stuff later. We can, cause you know, there, there's always that, well, these could be big ideas. Like, you know, could be and are, are very different. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the stuff that we know is going to work. And sometimes it isn't the new, innovative, exciting, crazy, wild stuff. Sometimes it's just basic blocking and tackling. Mm -hmm. 
Um, for an awful lot of businesses, that's what they need. I mean, time you go into a business that, that's doing okay, and you realize that they don't have just business. You know, you ask them like, so who's your target market? Well, anybody who needs our product, <laughs> right? Like, oh my God, if I hear that one more time, I'm going to just shoot myself and them. You know, it's, it's really thinking, you know, it's, it's those basic things. Who is your ideal client? Where are you going to reach them? What's the message that they need to hear? You know, what are the stages of your sales funnel, right? What are basic blocking and tackling? And until those systems are in your business and running solidly, all that other stuff is just a distraction. Mm-hmm. And so it, it becomes pretty easy to get everything on a single sheet of paper when you apply that 80-20 lens and say, you know, here's a list of all the stuff we could do. Where are we really going to get some big movement in our company? Mm-hmm. What are the basic systems that just aren't in place? Mm-hmm. You know, I just, you know, I come into businesses all the time and they don't have any cash flow management. You know, they just they just ride the roller coaster, and they've been doing it for so long. I, yeah, I it's fun. To, you know, you're it, up, you're down. It's it's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was talking to a company a while ago. They were growing like crazy. They were twelve, thirteen million, and constantly drawing on their line of credit and bumping up against the edge of it to make Ooh, payroll. Yeah, like guys, that's really not fun. like. Yeah, and they, you know, they're stressed beyond belief. It's like, but we have all this growth. We got to take. We, we got to take this opportunity. I'm like, guys. Opportunity's not going anywhere. It's it's there. You got to get a handle on your cash flow. Because mm-hmm. if you walk in one day and have to tell your people, I'm sorry, we've maxed out everything we have and we ain't got no money, we can't pay you, you're what's called out of business. <laughs> and yeah. Forget the opportunity. No matter how much opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And um, so it, when you really focus on those basic things, we have a whole list of, of the, the systems that for folks to focus on. And when you really do that, it's pretty simple. We only we only let people make four changes a year, four systems. You can you can work One on four quarter, systems. I a assume. Year. It typically shakes out that way, mm-hmm. um, and we we like to focus around that and say, okay, you know, what are we going to do this quarter? Where are we really going to make big significant progress? Sometimes that'll bleed over into another quarter. Some of the systems don't take a whole quarter to to do the changes that we need to, but yeah, we we map it all out, you know. How, where throughout the course of the year are we going to make these changes mm-hmm. so that we're not trying to change four things at once starting right now? Mm-hmm. That's a recipe for disaster. There are some things that we go, you know what, we're going to make this change, but we're not going to touch it for nine months. And it's just going to sit there and be broken, and we're, we know it's broken. And we're just going to let it, let it stay. That's a hard thing to do sometimes. But it is, but, you know, it's – what we find is that when we write it down, we put it on a plan mm-hmm. and we let people know, look, it's not going to get forgotten. It's here. It's got a date. Mm-hmm. We're just, we got to do these other things first and it's better to do these things well and get them put to bed. So we don't have to think about them anymore. Then we're going to be much better at fixing that other thing nine months down the road. And most entrepreneurs resist a little bit. They want to do everything at once, but they, when they really start asking them questions, they've had enough experience trying that and failing at it <laughs> that they go okay all right let's i'll leave it out there i, I know it's there i know we're not going to forget it and i tell them like if you get the other stuff done earlier you can always go move things up yeah that's right. totally okay 
And so some of them get kind of excited about that. Yeah. They, they take it as a challenge. I'm going to get that started in July instead of September. We're just going to get everything else done. Okay, let's do that. Well, but you got- can't touch this. It's like you can't have your dessert until you eat the rest of it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Laura, where can people find out more about the work that you're doing? And uh, and I know you've got some great tools and you do some some great training as well. So where, where's the best place for them to go? Um, so you can go to our website, simplesuccessplans.com. On the, the homepage, you'll see our we have an on, online course that will walk you through creating your own one-page success plan right there. Um, we, uh, we have some, I think we have a special going right now. Um, but you'll see it right there on the homepage, so easy to find. Um, we have a blog, of course, lots of good articles and things. But the, you know, the place that I really like to get people started, because it's just one thing to go read about a bunch of stuff, you know, read blog articles, yeah, whatever. Um, but I, I want... I always want to give people a tool that they can just implement immediately. You know, I, I mean, I obviously I want everybody to do their strategic plan. I want them to go through the online course. I want them to do the plan, but that's going to take a couple hours. I want something that they can in five minutes start seeing some results. And, and so what I like to give people is our daily success checklist. And it really helps you focus in on today. What do I have to get done today? What are my success habits that are going to tee me up for this to be the best day ever? What are the critical tasks I need to work on? And then a nice section at the end to reflect on the day and pull out the biggest lessons so that we can make today, tomorrow even better than today. And so if they just go to the website at simplesuccessplans.com slash daily, the daily success checklist, they can download a copy there. And we have a, we have a blank copy for them that's a fillable pdf so they can create their own i've got a sample version so they can see what it looks like when it's all filled out and then i've put an instructional video with it to sort of walk them step by step through it so it's kind of a whole kit it's actually really awesome i've downloaded it before um and and in fact i have it on my desktop on my computer and i fill it out so um so it's Awesome. awesome everybody should go get it um, and we'll link that up in, uh, in the show notes as well. So it's simplesuccessplans.com forward slash daily. Everybody go there. And uh, Laura, thanks so much for investing some time with me. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me today, Steve. It's been great. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.